Hi, I'm Mike Hatton, and for over 20 years, I've been in a management role that saw me working with other managers from entry level up to and including the C-suite. The experience gained have positioned me to help many other leaders manage the stresses of not having enough time at work, not having enough family time, neglecting their health, and many other challenges magnified by the recent pandemic. I founded Human Cornerstone Facilitations, LLC in 2008. It was based on the need to help managers improve their productivity and that of their team. I would like to show you the roadmap to becoming a great leader by harnessing your team's strengths. Welcome to my show, Cornerstone, where the foundations of leadership begin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mike Hatton, and welcome to my show, Cornerstone. It's a show where I bring uh, people who've shown incredible leadership and uh, business acumen, and today the guest is going to be uh, living up to that in record, record uh, ways. So I'd like to introduce my guest. His name is Tommy Harris. He's a former NFL player, retired. Uh, he has tremendous accolades. He's a perennial pro bowler. He was a standout at uh, University of Oklahoma. Like everyone, he's faced tragedy in his life and he's uh, turned that into a positive and I'll let him explain that later as we walk through his life. He's an author now and a singer and he's, his talents are just endless. Uh, so please welcome Tommy Harris. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me here. It's my pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, I'll go, I'll go right in. Uh, do you want to talk about, um, let's talk about University of Oklahoma, your, your career there. I know your education is uh, very important to you. You have a master's degree. Tell us about that. Yeah, I have an executive MBA. Uh, I got that from University of Miami about uh, 2014. Uh, finished my bachelor's degree because I left college after three years mm -hmm. at the University of Oklahoma. I left early, uh, had a chance to take a good opportunity from the Bears. They had a good job for me, so I, I left school early, but I continue education as I played football professionally. And after I was finished um, football, I just loved education so much that I went back and, and, and wanted to learn how, more about business since I had the finances. I wanted to learn how to work them and, and, and be more literate financially. That's great. And um Tommy said that he had an opportunity with football. Tommy is a, is, is a modest and a humble man. That's one of the things that really <laughs> strikes me about him, and I like him. Uh, he had an opportunity. He was a first-round uh, draft pick as a defensive tackle, so that's just a tremendous accolades, and that's why the opportunity, and you, you, know, you own that. You created that for yourself. Yes, so sir. That's fantastic. Yes, sir. I was Levy Smith's first-round draft pick in 2004, I believe. And that was a, we're going to talk about that, but I got a lot to talk about, about that experience. Just playing in the NFL was an incredible opportunity, incredible experience, a great opportunity. So my show is about leadership and I talk about leaders and I like to talk about uh, people who were maybe, maybe one person or it could be more than one who was inspirational to you, a good mentor. I know you talk about a mentor in your book. Uh, can you think of someone that was just transformational in your life that, you know, showed incredible leadership to you and developed that in you and brought that out? Yeah, I would say uh, he lived uh, next door to me, uh, right down the hall, my father. And my father just passed away, but I had the greatest mentor. I was extremely blessed um, 
to have a father that I had. I had an amazing father, man. So um, that's the guy that I, he could tell me, I, if everyone else in the world said, Tommy, you're good, I wouldn't believe it unless my father told me. And he told me I was the greatest speaker alive. He said, I'm not just picking, I'm not just picking your chain. I ain't just telling you that to tell you, but I'm telling you, man, you one of the greatest speakers I have. And once my father said that, I it began to engulf a belief inside of me that I believe it. So mm -hmm. I just go around and, and, and try to do my best encouraging others, uh, turning tragedy into triumph and pushing forward through, through no matter what happens. You know, I can relate to that. And, and, and I mean, this show is about you, but I have to say this because if somebody had asked me that question, I would have said the same thing about my father. Um, and the belief in myself that he created, I mean, you know, I was a kid. I grew up in West Virginia and they, they, they told me you can be anything you want. You can be the president. Oh, I really thought I could be the president until I was 18 or 19 mm -hmm. years old you right. know, because I believed it because he told me. So that tells me that you have excellent core beliefs, yes, and sir. core beliefs are something we talk about in working with people in leadership issues. Yes, sir. And uh, so th that's fantastic. I really uh, admire that. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you had a good balance with your mother also. Yeah, they my, balanced each other they, in my family. They were, they were very balanced, but I didn't want to seem braggadocious to talk about my, <laughs> my mother is incredible, too. My mother's more like... Um, the angel, you know, she she's she's there when you need them. That they're unexpected times. She yes. She just the father was more more of a, you know, as a father and a son. That's just right. a different bond. I know. The mother's like this fairy tale. Who she comes when goes. Make sure your stomach feels good. You feel you know. But my father made me fit, walk different. And losing my father was a big, uh, I, the, the last, it's almost about to be two years in August. It's been a transformation in my life and growth without a father too. So um, it's been, you think you're a man, but when your father's gone, that's when you learn how. And you can't make that phone call. Yeah, you can't get that encouragement or that get up off and stop feeling sorry for you. You don't have those people anymore talking in your ear that can move you. So it's developing that speech, remembering his words daily, um, learning how to get familiar in that new teaching pattern in my manhood at this age. Okay. Um, that's incredible. So that's important to family. I would say that's the most important form of leadership and that bond and mentorship you can have. What about as a player? Did you have uh, as a player, Reggie, As a player, Reggie White, I met him as a sophomore in college, and he began to take me under his wing. Um, I could text him, talk to him about anything, ask him crazy questions, and he'll know how to answer them. And he kind of mentored me through my uh, first three years, and he passed away my third year of college. Uh, I, I talked to him right before Christmas. He passed away a day after Christmas. I talked to him. He was going to watch the Fat Albert movie with his family, and he passed in his sleep that next day. And that was a big part, too, um, just seeing that mentor, that part of my life uh, leave. But that guy was the most, he was bigger than life. You know, Reggie White was a unicorn, man. He's one of those people you know that, that they're, they're super special. 
and just to have an opportunity to spend time underneath his tutelage was a blessing. Yes. And I, I know you, and I know that you like to, um, I, I haven't heard you use this term, but it's a term I use, but you pay things forward. You have a tremendous desire to give back and to help people and to add value. Uh, would you say that's where you developed, that, or one of the reasons you developed that, one of the people who helped you develop that yeah. desire? Yeah, he, he pretty much, Reggie, uh, Reggie White pretty much taught me well, gave me a blueprint, something that I could lay and expect, and then I could add to it myself. So as I grow as a man, I begin to add different parts to what he laid down. But I've pretty much done everything Reggie did, going to Israel, traveling to starting an orphanage, opening. So all the humanitarian things he, he put in me, as, I, as you just said that, I... I checked those boxes because he showed me don't just play football, but do something special with the finances you have. And I've done it. So you say that and we talked a little bit about that before the show started. Uh, and I and I found that interesting. And I, I really like the way you feel because I feel like that, too. You. Football is what you did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't who you were. At all. And there's a difference, and you explained that much more eloquently than I just did. So why don't you tell us and share with the audience your philosophy about that? Uh, on football, I just feel like it was a great job. It was an opportunity. And once that window closes, um, after football, the back end of football is very ugly. They don't talk much about that. Uh, the front end looks beautiful. It, it is sunlight. It is sunsets. It's that back end of football is darkness. No one really talks about this abyss where a lot of guys are left out at. But I feel like after relieving myself, I, I had a chance to go to NASA uh, probably about three years ago. Uh, they were doing the Vince Lombardi Award. I won the Lombardi Trophy in college. Uh, that's the best defensive player in college. And they, we had a chance to go down to NASA and meet an uh, astronaut that just got back from outer space, like just got back. And we had a chance to eat with him. I was like a kid in a candy shop. I mean, I was enamored. I was staring at him. I was looking at all of his, his uniform. I, was, I, was, I love astronauts. So to sit there with him, we were eating lunch, and he said, you know, Tommy, we astronauts have the same problem football players do after football. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is two different scopes. Like, what, what do you mean? So the man says, he says, we call it the compelling theory. He said, I just left where I looked out of the space shuttle, and I looked to my right and saw a black abyss, looked to my left, and I saw sunlight. Right, left, black abyss, sunlight. And I also saw Earth. I get back in it. He say, how do you think, he said, what do you think I talked to my wife about at the dinner table? He said, I'm not compelled to talk about anything. And you guys after football, you are spit out from this universe back into this normal world of life. And you don't know how to maneuver because you were just had your name yelled by 70,000, 80,000. You can't make a mistake. When you come home, your wife say, you suck. You say, that's not true. They just yelled, Tom, me, Tom, me. So learning how to take off those outfits. And that's what I'm learning now to relieve that, that clo put closure to it. 
to close it up, I don't, I don't football. I thank the Bears. I thank Miss McCaskey, the family, for helping. But life goes on, and you have to move past. and And I'm ready to move to my next ventures in my life. So that's what I've been learning steadily: how to maneuver from one place to the next to make closure, bring closure. Football was abruptly ended for me due to the wife, of, uh, the death of my wife. Yes. Um, I had to make a decision whether to take care of my children or try to go back and play and then risk my life of hurting my neck or something and then having to take care of these. So it was over. I had to decide right then and there to, I didn't really have a decision, it was just made, it's over. So just learning how to navigate those places and, and coming to a place of maturity after football was very scary because you all you know is I know how to tear up an A gap, a B gap. That's what I've been doing for so long. <laughs> so when bills start coming, FICA start, all these different things you have to learn. You're like, I have to show up and learn this new thing as a novice. And that's what I've been doing, been able to recreate myself. And I'm enjoying the journey. You describe, you talked about the A gap and the B gap. In, in, in Tommy's book, Endure, and I really encourage you to read this book. This is a fantastic book, and we'll talk more about it in a little bit. But you describe, and I found it fascinating, how you had developed the way to position your feet and then move your feet to use double the force to get off the line. And that's what made you faster. Yes, sir. Pass the line. Yes, sir. That, that, than anybody in the league. You were known as the fastest in the league. That's what they say. That's, that's what, what they, they said. You're modest again, that's Tom. That's what they that's said. What Who they are said. they? That, I guess the people. That's what, that's what they said. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I give that, uh, I like to give that compliment to Jackie Shipp. He, that was my D-line coach at Oklahoma University. But he taught us the power step, turning over your feet, creating inertia as much as you can before you meet force. And I used that as a little man. I was smaller than a lot of the people I was going against, but I could turn over a lot of force. And that's his technique he taught me. That's, uh, that's interesting. And uh, another thing in your book that you talk about is the most powerful part of your book to me, the way you described it as an, in an incredible way that you wrote it, was the first two pages of the book. You described, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You described being in the airport, looking at the giant pizza advertisements on the wall, people walking by you, looking at their cell phones, not noticing or paying attention or caring about anyone around them. Life's a usual. Life slowed down for you. You had your phone limply to your ear and feeling like water begin to flow around you like a stone. And that was when you received That's the beautiful. news about Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. I could see that. Yeah. 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 The water flowing around, that, that's a perfect uh, picture of what it felt like in that moment. But you... you and that's when you received the news about your wife. Right. The tragic news. Right. But I, I'm thinking about that water around the stone. Like, it's after hindsight, writing this book, my father passed out as I was writing this book, so it's like the book still goes on. Life still continues, and endure is such a strong title to, that helps me endure. But after losing my wife and hearing that, 
I think about the word, like I didn't know how powerful a word is, a word, getting that phone call and, and my day was set and planned and I was ready. You just think everything is going to happen the way you want it. And that phone call said, your wife stopped breathing on the table. You need to get here immediately. And everything in my life just stopped. But I watch life still go on for other individuals. Life is still happening. In that moment, I had to hurry up and get to Oklahoma. Uh, I was landed in Austin, and as I write in the book, I was sitting next to a man that owns his own jet company, Austin Jets. And this man gave me his card, and we talked about our family the whole way to to Austin. I was stopping in Austin to uh, see my sister do a play that night, and then I was going to fly to Oklahoma to meet up with my wife after her surgery. She was having a breast reduction surgery, and she ended up having a brain aneurysm on the table. So when I got that phone call, it abruptly just changed everything. But looking back at it on hindsight, it just shows how powerful a word is in your life like if someone says i love you or or you're ugly or you you those words how could it stop my whole day i just think about that and i'm i use that moment to be careful to take life as it is every day to really encourage myself to encourage others with my words before the the phone call the bad thing comes again I, i just try to encourage every day because I know what that felt like to hear she just stopped breathing. So my job every day is uh, when I go around to encourage people is to remind them to breathe, to just breathe. At the end of the day, you're getting through this. You're breathing. Yeah. You're going to make it. That That's the most powerful book opening I've ever read. Thank you, man. And I've read a lot. I really have. Thank you. A- another uh, accolade I will give you about the book was you wrote this book from two tracks, and you call cleats it on. Cleats On? Cleats Off. And Cleats Off. Yeah. Mm. How did, I mean, it's brilliant. You talk in Cleats On, you talk about your life in football. In Cleats Off, you talk about your life outside of football. How did you come up with that idea? Well, I, I just think in this society, as entertainers, celebrities, you're, you're looked at as, um, a unicorn, uh, not human. So I wanted to humanize the person. I wanted to allow them to know that if you pinch me, I will say, ouch, mm-hmm. no different than no different to you. Um, so it, it's just I always as a kid, my number one question when I meet anyone that I'm inspired by, I always want to ask them, how do they wake up? How do they approach their day? Where do you start? Like, so just bring, I wanted to, be vulnerable with my audience and show them that I'm a real person Mm -hmm. and the uniform you put on and you take it off. And I have to go home after I take off 91 and be Tyson's father, Tinsley's father, Madison's father. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to go off and be a father and you, it comes on and comes off. And I just wanted to, I I enjoyed writing it because it, it felt more like therapeutic to me just to speak in, from underneath the, the 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 armor, and talk from that space. You seem to you, you have an inc- an incredibly good sense of how difficult. I mean, how people view you. How someone like me has never achieved what you achieved on the field and even off the field. Mm-hmm. But 
what do you say to Tommy Harris if you're having a conversation with him in the airport? How do you how do you not say something dumb or, you know, whatever? But you seem to be a very disarming person and realize that and you make it so easy for people to talk to you. Yeah, because well, I, I believe we're all screwed up. That's right. Like, so, uh, I, I think we're all screwed up, man. And we, we, we depend on God and, and God gives us grace. And that grace I try to take with everyone, every individual I, I meet or come across. I try to give the same grace I ask God for to others. And that's it. I, I, I look at everyone like when I hear people, they get nervous talking to me. I'm like, you got the wrong guy. Like. Yeah. We can we can laugh. I like to joke, have a good time. I'm really more comedic than anything. I, I enjoy laughing, man. Like I enjoy a good laugh. I live I live for laughs. But just keeping everything light, man. Life is serious. Life is episodic. Life is hard. Life is beautiful. And and just taking it all in and, and one day at a time and being able to just be in the moment. Be where you're at. No further, no forward, no backwards. Just in this moment and, and just enjoying the moment. That's all I, I'm, I'm really starting to understand about life. So you just reminded me of something that was said in the introductions, one of the uh, testimonials of your book, written by one of the people about you. Um, you are one of the best, people will say, you're one of the best storytellers there are, that you can tell a story like <laughs> like no one else. But this particular person, and I've forgotten, I apologize, I've forgotten who okay. wrote the testimonial, but they said that you didn't tell the story from up here speaking to people. When you told a story to someone, you got down on your knees with them, down to where they were. And I think what you just said in your answer kind of speaks yeah. to that and describes that. It reminded me of that passage immediately. Yeah. I have a, a particular story in that book. One of my favorites called A Man in the Hole. And it, it talks about being in, in some deep, dark situations when you're feeling loneliness, left alone, depression, anxiety, and, and how some friends can come and throw shovels. They can make your situation worse. Some people can come while you're in the hole and throw a Bible and you don't want to hear scripture when you're in the hole or do what you're really needing is a hand up. And along the story, it shows that a man comes, an older gentleman, and he jumps down in the hole with the guy. And the guy is mad and frantic. Why are you getting this hole with me? And the man says, the young man, the difference is I know how to get out of the hole. I've been here before. So it's learning that someone that when you go through your own life issues, it's credibility to a future problem of an individual that is fighting or may not have the courage to endure what you've been through, but you're able to go through. And it's almost like a janitor with a ring of keys. You're able to unlock this door that someone never could open because you have you work your butt off you you've endured a, a, a process you fought cancer you beat cancer you've been through kidney dialysis you got over it, it it's all kind of things that allow you to have the keys and the keys is the courage to go talk to an individual and encourage them that they can make it through because you have and that's the story about the man of the whole that's that's it's a great story and when you said that i'm glad you told that story because 
ladies and gentlemen, I keep saying this is a book you want to read, but the reason you want to read it is there are life lessons in this book. There are stories that you would want your children to hear. You want your children to know. Um, faith is an important part of your life. It's obvious from reading that book. Sure. And that's just, uh, that is, inc it's just an incredibly good book. Yes, sir. I thank you. Um, there is um, another area that you've moved into that I've just learned about that I didn't know. You are an incredible singer. Well, thank you. I, I try. I, I, I do um, a little country soul. That's what I, I like to call it. So I kind of um, mixed soul music with country, but I love the lyrics of country music so much. Like, I love the storytelling. And you have an album. Yes. You uh, recorded an album. You write music on the album. Yes, also. sir. Yes, sir. I have an album. Well, I got a couple records, um, about three of them out right now. We'll continue to do some work right now. And just, I tell you, reinventing myself, just trying every avenue. I, I look at my life like a fisherman. I try to put at least 10 to 12 poles in, and I pay attention to which one's jerking at the moment. But... I got a lot of different things I'm, I want to do before I get out of here. That's incredible. Yes, sir. Um, I, I really like that. And now you're not done with the singing. Now you are doing speaking. Yeah, I, I speak um, in different places, uh, very sporadic after COVID. COVID has been a readjustment in itself, learning to thrive in a new normal, like Dr. Fab would say. Uh, he's done an excellent job helping individuals learn how to endure that this process in the business, in the financial world. Uh, just getting through these times right now. So just getting this back orchestrated, uh, I, I've just got my calendar full for April. Um, the spring break is today with the, the kids. I got stuff with the kids. But um, um, my April is filled up. Uh, this has been the first time since COVID, so getting back on the road. And, and I didn't even know I was out of shape from traveling. COVID made me out of shape. Not, not like I was going to the gym doing it, but I didn't want to travel. I was getting in the airport. I was feeling weird around people. So it took me a while to get back into the swing of things to move around. But I have a lot of different appointments that I'm excited about. So you just you just reminded me of something that you talk about also. Um, uh, I'd said to you off camera that uh, defensive tackle is traditionally a position where someone is a big man, is right. someone you don't want running at you in an alley. Right. And uh, now here you are, Trim, you've uh, lost a lot of weight, and you said that, well, you know, typically after football, the big men lose weight. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you talked about being healthy and fit and mentally and spiritually and it being related to your diet. Could you relate that story to our viewers and uh, yeah, I was, I was just how saying, you feel about that? Yeah, so I, I was saying that what I discovered along my journey is that mental health is, is more of a gut health. And the old saying would say, you are what you eat. And, and that becomes powerful. So if you eat bad stuff, you think bad stuff. And if you eat electrical stuff like fruit, vegetables, water, and hydration is the main thing, right? Like when you play football, you go in the bathroom of any NFL bathroom, 
they will have a sign on the back and it says, if if your pee is this color, you're in trouble. Like, <laughs> you, it's too late. Don't even try. <laughs> you shouldn't be brown and none of that. So if, if it looks like apple juice, you're bad. If it looks like, so just, just learning that. And then underneath the sign would say, dehydration causes distortion of mental clarity. So as I got older and started without football, without the game, and you go out with your friends, you have a good time, you have to learn how to stay hydrated as you get older. And the more hydrated you are, the better you think about yourself. And the better you think about yourself, the better you feel about yourself. So I just learned that my gut, I didn't know serotonin, dopamine, 95% of it is released from the gut not from the mind, it's released in it. So your stomach is, your brain is really what you feed yourself. How do you empower yourself? And I've learned to take on a lot of vegetables, turn my diet in more alkalinity than acid. And it's changed me. One of the things I've learned, I've been on a journey to get healthier myself. And I, I, through testing, I've found that I am dehydrated. You know, like I think probably most people are dehydrated. And another thing I learned is that Okay, I'm dehydrated. I'll just drink water for a week and I'll be rehydrated. Doesn't work that way. No. It's a long process. In fact, they actually dehydrated myself further to a point to get them to where they would now accept right. you know, water and then started to rehydrate me. Right. But, well, you know, when you're sick, what do they make you do? Drink water. Fluids. Oh. When you're sick. Oh, oh, oh. Chew on ice. Chew on ice, right. Right. That's yeah. how you hydrate yourself. That's how you properly hydrate yourself. If you just sit back at home, you get your big cup of ice and you, because I'm a guzzler. I can guzzle two gallons, one, and my stomach would be out and I think I'm just hydrating. I'm just, that's too much. But I properly hydrate by eating the ice, eating it, crunching it, eating it, and letting it break down, and that properly hydrates. And apples, if you ever thinking bad about yourself, bite an apple. Get you an apple and crunch an apple will make you feel better immediately. I've been like, eating an apple every day for the last year. Yeah, and it cleans your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny about the eating ice and drinking water. Uh, my mom, who is another one of my heroes, she's still with us. Uh, you said, what do you do when you're sick? I said, drink water. Actually, she made me drink 7-Up. So, okay, and ginger ale. And ginger yeah, ale, 7-Up yeah. and ginger ale. Yeah, that was what. Seven. That was what... They thought back then. They didn't know any different. Yeah, you know? Getting some ginger ale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've talked about uh, speaking. We've talked about um, football. We've talked about your journey as a singer. Um, what have we left out? What's next for Tommy Harris? What's next? As an, I mean, we talked about you being an author. Yeah, man. Right now, I just. Uh, I just want to encourage other uh, the, the spirit that's moving over over here in the United States that I feel I feel is very depression. I feel like a lot of people are feeling sad. The suicide rate is high, the divorce rate is high. So for me, I, I just want to stay focused and stay in my pocket in 2022 and and stick to what I believe is right. And that is encouraging others and winning with others. That's what makes this thing all worth it. it, it who wants to eat alone? Right. Right. It, it's really gravitating to a group of having, building a culture of people. That's what I would like that think, believe, 
that helping others is still um, the most important thing to life. It's the vital resource for us to be here. It makes sense of everything why we're here to serve others, to help others. And that's what makes sense of life for me at this time. And that's all I'm concerned in. God got me. Yeah. I'll take care of it. Well, God bless you. Yes, sir. So as we uh, close down, wind up this interview, uh, I always give everybody the same opportunity. And I am especially anxious to hear your answer to this. But this <laughs> what is, is this? This is, <laughs> no, there's no, no surprises. Uh, I, this is your opportunity. I'd like you to look at that camera and take uh, as much time as you want. Tell people uh, what they would get if they book Tommy Harris to speak, why they would want to work with you to uh, for you to speak, uh, what your website is, and we'll edit that in and uh, show it at the bottom of the screen at the interview, and also how to contact you if they were interested in booking you. Okay. Well, I'm Tommy Harris, retired NFL player. Um, I don't really know how to sell myself. I feel like I'm on dating site. But uh, if... Um, if you bring Tommy Harris, you're going to get encouragement. You're going to get inspiration. Uh, you're going to get a heartfelt message. And uh, all of them are impromptu. I build with a skeleton and I let the uh, life breathe the flesh around it, whatever the conversation, the room is, whatever the need is there. But I, I, it will be nothing like you heard anywhere else. And um, I gonna have a good time i don't really know how to sell myself but uh i would love to come out there and have a good time with you guys too okay and what is your website my website is tommyharris.com um tommy harris at everything tommyharris.com uh tommy harris on instagram tommy harris 90 on twitter and tommy harris on facebook and is the contact information on your website how they contact you, or is there an email address you want to yes, use? Or contact info. You you could reach me at TommyHarrisBookings.com, uh, T O M M I E, TommyHarrisBookings.com. Okay, and uh, I I I just feel so inspired having had you here, and I have I feel to like say, I let you down on the, on that. Why did you let me down? I, I feel like you wanted me to. I I don't know how to do that. Part. I just know they're going to get something real. You've done that for the last 40 minutes without realizing it. You didn't sell yourself on that. You know what? You sold yourself. And I tell people that I work with this all the time, leaders that are struggling. Your authenticity is so sincere and is so apparent and so obvious. You don't have to sell yourself. Got That's you. people want. People just want authenticity in their life. At least the people that I work with. I got you. Man. And you exude that. Thank you, man. And Tommy Harris, I, I thank you so much for coming to this show, for sharing, for making yourself vulnerable. You said that, but that was one of the words I was thinking of. That uh, anyone that is unafraid to make themselves uh, that vulnerable will certainly endure. Sure. So sure. thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for watching this show. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you get uh, something out of it that helps you. And uh, you know how to reach Tommy if uh, you'd like to use him. And if you are having trouble connecting or something, you can email me, Mike, at thegrowthfacilitator.com. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, until the next episode. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you. Bye, Tommy. Right. Thank you. 
I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something of value to help with the challenges you face as a leader. Please feel free to share this show with your friends on social media. And don't forget to visit my website, thegrowthfacilitator.com. And while you're there, book a free call with me. We'll see you next time on Cornerstone.